Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention, and I say this every time, but it is my intention to change everything. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic individuals. The people who are successful or extremely positive-minded in the way they go about their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this podcast. The cool thing about the Maverick Mondays podcast is we try and stay consistent between 20 minutes and 40 minutes. So we always hit that sweet spot right around 30 minutes. If you're someone who is struggling in any way, or even if you're not, if you're just looking for a little self-help or a little way to become better, or even if you are the best you think you can be and you are successful or you are extremely positive-minded, but you wanna maximize your potential, nobody has the excuse that they don't have time. A lot of people say, well, I don't have time to listen to a half hour or, or I would love to, or, you know, or I would love to listen to it. It's just who has a half hour? Listen, if success means something to you, you'll find a half hour, whether it's while you walk your dog, whether it's on your commute to work or school, or while you exercise or fold laundry, or while you have breakfast and drink your morning cup of coffee, whatever it is, you have that half hour. So I urge you and I encourage you, take that half hour, take that opportunity, plug in your headphones and listen to the Maverick Mondays podcast because some real great stuff happens on this show. And hey, while you're at it, leave a comment and share it with your friends. Who doesn't want to be successful and find happiness in their life? Come on, let's be real. Our guest today stands six feet tall, weighing 170 pounds, and is an MMA fighter out of Ohio. His name is Gerald Spawn. Gerald is a beast inside the octagon and on the mat. He has a record of 101, the one being a third round knockout. He has a boxing record currently of 4-0. He went 12-0 at the Arnold Classic, won two gold medals. He won the Golden Gloves title and is an all-around amazing person. Gerald shares with us today some of the mindsets and attitudes to what he attributes to his successes to. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Gerald Spawn. Training for MMA, how does that compare to wrestling? So it's a piece of it. Um, wrestling is. Wrestling, you know, it currently being a phenomenal foundation for MMA stems from the fact that you have to go to some dark places as a wrestler. Uh, we we train a lot. We are taught to grind through things. You know, there are some days where it's kind of miserable in there, and you go to this dark place and you have to push through it, and it's just you and another guy, and not a lot of sports offer that. And I think that's why wrestlers are so successful because we, we're, we're standing in front of adversity completely exposed, and we, we have to get over it. So the first guests that we had on the show were, it was a doubleheader, and we had Scott and Ryan Peters, mm -hmm. their brothers, their wrestling coaches, and relatives of mine. And they said that what they've learned in the wrestling room, they take with them throughout life. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as well? I do. It's built, a, it's built a great day for me every day because it's incredibly difficult. You have to overcome a lot. To be successful in the sport is to, uh, is to overcome. So, you know, things happen to me every day like they do anyone else, but most of them don't bother me because um, I've, I've had to go through and, and overcome greater things. So... Mixed martial arts. So when it comes to wrestling, you can find tournaments almost anywhere mm -hmm. as a as a middle schooler, a high schooler, and in college, right? 
there's dual meets for your school. Um, how does it work? Uh, how does competition work? A lot of it uh, goes through whether you have a coach um, or if you're kind of flying solo, you need to make those relationships with matchmakers. Um, for me, uh, being a part of Strong Style, the coaches take care of a lot of that things or a lot of those things. Once we decide it's time to start looking, um, they get in contact with um, either a matchmaker or just you know other gyms and try to facilitate that. I actually do have some connections to those matchmakers as well, but I, you know, the coaching staff at Strong Style really takes care of a lot of that for me. And are you part of a league or a, a group? So the way that it works is there are different promotions. Um, the one that I fought uh, fought for so far is BCM Promotions. They're at a Mansfield. They do a great job. Um, started by Bob Marshall. Um, they brought in Cody Stevens, who has some ties to Strong Style and still trains with us quite a bit. Um, and then there are other things like Honor and um, some different promotions around the area that basically uh, have these matchmakers that try to pull in different different fighters and, and put on a good show for that particular, you know, for that show. And so how many of those fighters in those that are part of those gyms, how many of them go on to the UFC level? Very small percentage. Very small. What does it take to get to that level? It takes an incredible amount of, I think, self-awareness, commitment, and, you know, this sport eats up people and, and spits them out, you know, left and right. It's, it's tough on the body, but I think if you approach training and um, have a good mindset throughout the process and be ready to learn at, at any single moment, whether you win, lose, or, or if you're just at practice, I think that's what set, sets a lot of people apart. And what are those mindsets? Like, like for you, when, it, um, when you wake up in the morning and you head out to the gym, what does your routine look like? I actually do most of my training in the afternoon, or in the afternoon, um, in the evening. Um, I work in 8 to 5, um, and all of our practices are around 6.30 to 9. Um, but really, you know, I wake up, and the first thing I think about is what I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to train that day. Um, I get to work, you know, I do my job, and that's great, but uh, it's really a, a piece to aid in me becoming um, a world champion, you know, in, in the sport of MMA. So um, I head into the gym knowing it's my sanctuary. I, I have it posed that way in my mind because I've never left that place and had a bad day. You know, I, I've went through went through a practice, got my butt kicked, had you know went with different pros that just slaughtered me the whole practice, and, and I leave there happy for the most part. You know, I might have some things I need to focus on or work on, but um, that place for me is a place where I get to do what so many people don't, and that's pursue my dreams. That's awesome. You mentioned um, your ultimate goal is to become a world champion. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? And what are the steps you have to take to get there? So as a whole, what it looks like is, you know, training, you know, at least twice a day. Um, you got to have your off days. You got to recover. And I think that's something, especially a lot of wrestlers overlook. But if you're not able to run your body, you're not going to be able to get results out of it. Um, I, I think big picture wise, it's an extreme dedication to not only bolstering your strengths, but taking a look at the things that could be a real weakness and really leave you exposed when you're out there. Because once the cage shuts, it's you and that other guy and no one's going to be able to help you. So at the level that I'm currently at, all of this is being all very new to me. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I get to add all these different pieces, figure out what I like, what works for me, what doesn't. Um, I go in every day knowing that there might be something new that I get to add to my game. But at the end of the day, I still take those core things, just a jab, 
just the right hand. You know, even just practicing taking shots, um, you know, even though I've wrestled for years, and I know that continue, continuing to keep those tools sharp is what's going to set me apart. Do you ever find yourself dreading working on your weaknesses? Yeah, I think that's human nature. People naturally want to do the things that are that they're good at, what's fun, um, you know, what they can be successful at. And then when it comes to something you know you're not going to do very good at, uh, it can suck. The way that I choose to look at it, though, is I get excited for those moments. I, I take mistakes and, and struggling through things as, a, as an opportunity to get better. Anytime you lose or make a mistake, a lot of people think it's bad and, you know, get caught up on it. But I'm in a way excited because I know that in that failure or in that mistake, I'm going to get to grow from that because of because that's the way that I look at it. So have you always had that mindset or is that something you built over time? I've always had that, but it took some digging to, to get it in that that clearly artic- articulated. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, for a while, I, I'd have a wrestling match maybe where I'd win, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do all that well, and I'd be pissed off, you know, and, and it, it didn't really make sense, you know. But I think over time, you know, as I got older and matured and started to understand myself more, um, I understood that any time I've truly taken leaps forward is when I've taken a look at something I've struggled through and worked on it and then moved on to the next thing. And once I was able to articulate that probably about it, a year and a half ago um, was when I just started putting things together. Like uh, it made training for MMA very easy. And how long have you been in? A year. A year? Yeah. When you're finally a world champ, Mm -hmm. what does that setting look like? Are you, are you in a cage in America? Where are you? I'm in a cage wherever, wherever they need me to be surrounded by the people that have been with me this whole time. Mm -hmm. And uh, just embracing the fact that not only was I able to get there myself, but that I had that support with me all along. Uh, and all right, so who inspired you in your life? Who did you look up to? You know, a lot of who I look up to comes from a, a bunch of different places. Um, you know, some are, you know, some current fighters that I, I look at and just are um, what I would think is a lot like me or just that are purists in the sport and, and are artists and and really, really take things in a, in a manner in which I would too. But, you know, I get a lot of, um, I, I look up to my dad a great bit. He's, he's always worked really hard in, in taking care of business. And he, he set the foundation for giving me the life that I'm able to have now. And that's something uh, I'd like to pay back to him through living an incredible life. Um, I had a wrestling coach, uh, Dave Ratliff. He, he was the middle school football coach that convinced me to wrestle without that crucial piece of my life I'm not here you know um, I've had a lot of influences throughout my life a lot of people I've bumped into um, and it would take a while for me to name out names but I, I want the people that have been with me along the way to know that they're important if you could go back and change anything leading up to now would you put yourself on this path is this is this a path that you truly enjoy I would not change a thing not a thing I've you know everyone has ups and downs Maybe if I would have had the brain that I have on me now and thought of things the way that I did, I could have been a little more successful at wrestling. Maybe not. But I got here because of my experiences. I'm a direct product of everything that's happened in my life, good or bad. And if things were to end tomorrow, I'd be completely happy because I'm living the exact life I want to live. Do you ever find yourself where you want to quit? 
You ever wake up, you ever find yourself in the gym and you're just like, this isn't for me? No. You never I, have that. I find days where I may not want to train. Yeah. Where uh, I'm super sore. You know, I just, maybe we had a late night, didn't get home till 10 or 10.30. Um, Thursday night, I was helping one of our pro killers, Izzy Williams, get ready for a fight next weekend. And that dude throws leg kicks like a monster. And I've been limping around since Thursday. So I definitely woke up Friday morning limping around my office, you know, doing my job, like, like, man, like this sucks, but, um, I know that I'm going to be better because of it. So it's, it's, uh, I guess it's more of like a, man, eh, like, should I take a day off? You know, not a, I don't want to do this. Right. Do you ever have friends or teammates that ever want to quit? And do you ever have those kind of conversations with them? Like, you know, Hey buddy, you should really stick in. I think the people that I surround myself with, I, I do a good job of um, them being people that are incredibly serious um, about what we do and, and have similar mindsets to me. Uh, so no, not often. You know, we, we have discussions of it being different and it being tough and Strong Style does a very good job at uh, keeping the gym, I don't want to say reserved, but all the people on our team are there for a reason. They're all focused. All very focused, all very into it. Um, it takes about, I'd say, two weeks to figure out if a guy's good for us or not. And that's why our team's not huge. And I think that's why we're so successful. I mean, we went about 80% of our 80% of our fights. That's a, around that number is what we get year after year. And I think it's because if someone comes in and they're not a cultural fit or very incredibly serious about living this type of life, they don't make it very long. What are your um, your accomplishments though so far? So like, for, like what's your record? So uh, in MMA, I am one zero and one. My first, uh, my first fight, I fought Josiah Harrell. He's out of Grove City BJJ in Columbus. Dude's a killer. Um, wrestler like me. Um, we went out there. We absolutely scrapped for, for three rounds. Um, in the third round, he, he held me down the whole time. I, I'd say the first two rounds were a little more in my favor for sure. They scored a draw. Uh, since then, he's fought four more times, and he hasn't lost. So uh, good draw to have. Yeah. Um, my next fight, I went out, um, handled the guy, and then in the third round, uh, got the got the TKO. Um, ref had to pull me off of him, but uh, boxed four times. Um, I'm four uh, now. Two knockouts. Um, just won the Golden Gloves title a few weeks ago, and uh, with with jujitsu, I, I won uh, the Arnold uh, back in March. And uh, yeah, I, I've taken some losses in jujitsu, but um, I think that's you know. There's a lot more. You can do a lot more matches, and it's not as hard on your body. You know, I think I've, I think this past within the past year, I've done 25 or so different matches, and I'm probably 21 and four, something like that. But, wow, in jujitsu. Uh, in jujitsu, yeah. And so, um, are you strongest in one of the disciplines over the other? Like, are, are you a stronger wrestler? Are you stronger in jujitsu? So wrestling, but you know, by far, just mm -hmm. that being the sport that I've done for, I think nine, nine or ten years now. Uh, I've, I, I very much fell in love with striking. I love Muay Thai. I love boxing. Um, and I love it because it, it opens up my tools. You know, guys think I'm just going to wrestle. Um, and then they feel my hands and my legs and then they realize, oh no, like I have five things to worry about, not just one. I, I'd say that I'm adding the tools to become really dangerous everywhere. But right now I'm a wrestler, you know? Right. Right. And how long do you think that'll take for you to become an all around MMA fighter? If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. It's one of those things. 
on stuff like that, I try not to put a, t- a timeline because that almost attaches a uh, either I succeeded or I failed. Right. This is a process, and I, I think the fun of the process and being able to get the most out of the process is just going through it and enjoying it, mm-hmm. and you know, focusing on what you need to work on the next thing, what's most important now. Um, instead of necessarily thinking of, oh, I only have a few le- weeks left, you know, right. and I said I was going to be a master at leg kicks, and I'm not doing very good right now. So uh, I, I think for me, it's a, I'm just going to keep going. I've accelerated pretty quickly here in the past year, so it's working, and I'm just going to keep it up. So within that process, so each day is a new day, and each day is an opportunity to grow for you. Mm-hmm the evolution that you have as a fighter will it always be wrestling dominating the other tools that you have or will that will that change i i pride myself on the fact that you have no idea what's coming at you mm-hmm. i'm the reason why i'm adding all the tools to myself and working so hard in these other areas and i still am sharpening my my wrestling skills as well but um is because when you know when that cage door shuts i i don't want the person across from me to have any idea what's coming so it being my base and it being the thing that I've currently done for nine years and having only done the other arts for about a year, um, it's going to, it's going to be strong at the moment, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think I should be labeled as a wrestler because I'm a fighter. Um, okay. So how do you deal with negative feedback when someone from the outside comes to you and just, you know, talks down to you or says, you know, you're, you're never going to be anything. Well, how do you handle that? Tell them to watch. Their, their their opinion is what it is to them and it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything to me if you're fortunate enough to be close with me your opinion will matter to me but if you're fortunate enough to be close to me your opinion won't be that and, and you've never had that kind of negativity in those small circles I have okay. I've done a lot better recently too to keep my circle very tight and keep it to those that I know I'm going to be here or that are going to be here for the rest of my life. You know, you can't always tell that right away. So it's hard, Mm -hmm. but I, I I consider myself a very good people reader and within a short time, I know if someone needs to be here or not. So, right. If you have a question or if you're, if you're not sure how to handle something within, you know, the confines of the gym, where do you go? Your, your coach, do you go to another teammate? If it's outside of the the gym, so I'm going to exclude, you know, my, my, MMA coaches or Mm -hmm. my teammates or anything. Sometimes I go to my brother, you know, I go to my dad. uh, I go to my close friends back home in Perry County. I like going to people that may not have really a direct insight into what I do. They may know, but they, they don't see it. They don't live it because you can, you can bring some perspectives from outside sources that aren't, I want to say poisoned, but that doesn't mean it's bad, but poisoned by living that life they can bring in different tidbits you may have have never thought of because they're they don't live that perspective that you do every day so you mentioned your brother mm-hmm. is he a fighter no uh he very much has loved the sport for a long time uh him and my other brother used to beat the crap out of me growing up like you know nothing bad just brother stuff but they are uh, very supportive uh, I actually plan to have him walk out with me for my next fight. I want to give him that luxury because I'm able to do that, and I know that's something that's going to be really cool and, and exciting for him. Uh, he's been to uh, all my fights. He's uh, he's one of my best friends. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you walk into the octagon, what's going through your mind? As I'm walking through the uh, through the cage door, I just kind of look around and observe what's going on around me, but 
there's a little bit that hits me each time that's that's nerves and it's it's me saying like that door's about to shut and I'm about to I'm about to have to fight for my life and then there's a that little reminder that y- you Gerald you couldn't be any more prepared than you are now and you know uh you know you've lived the life that you've lived to come out of this successful um I remind myself of my coaching um of all the things I've been through and I've done in my life and there's not a, never a single doubt in my mind that I can't come out of any situation successful um you know I think people think fighters love to fight I love the training I love the process and the fight is incredibly fun so the best feeling I've ever had is is come from being inside of a cage but that doesn't mean I don't know the dangerous situation I'm putting myself in once you're in there and you look your opponent in the face do you ever try and intimidate him with a look or do you just you know you just go in there initially I didn't uh I just I just took it as uh, you know, why do I need to do that? I, I don't need to play these games, but in a weird way, it's kind of become fun for me. Um, you can tell a lot by looking someone in the eyes. Um, you kind of get an, uh, an idea of who they are and if they're prepared. If you look someone in the eyes and they can't look you back or they look away or there's something that tells you they're unsure of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my with my Golden Gloves uh, title fight that I had a few weeks ago, um, you know, I, I stared, stared the gentleman in the eyes and you know, super tough dude. It was a great fight, hard competitor, but there was something that told me he, he wasn't as ready as I was. So going in when you said that, you know, you know that the, the door's about to close and you're, you're going to fight for your life, basically, do you ever feel like you let that fear show a little bit or you never let it show? I don't think I let it show. Um, I'm a goofy guy. I, I like to feel those feelings, but Maybe I do, actually. I've never seen my face, you know, when I'm in there. Mm-hmm. The looks that I might be showing might, you know, someone may look at me and be like, oh, like, he's scared. But a lot of it is is I'm just constantly re- reinforcing myself that uh, that I'm prepared, that I can do it, and that, you know, not to be not to be arrogant, but I've always, anytime I've ever competed in anything, I've told myself, you're the baddest mother effort to ever do it. Let's do it. And, and I think that's where I, I, you know, pull a lot of my best performances out of because no one believes in me more than I believe in me. I want to uh, shift back over to wrestling for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch the Nationals this year, the NCAAs? I did. So Penn State has been kicking butt for years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a very close second. I don't know. I don't think this year, but Iowa. Yeah. Always, right? So Kale Sanderson and the Brands brothers, they have very different mindsets and very different techniques that they teach their wrestlers kale just wants his kids to go out there and have fun yeah whereas the brands brothers they want they're almost like darth vader right they yeah. want them to go out and kill the kill their opponents do you take either approach when you're about to fight it's a combination of the both i don't think i would be able to sustain just one or the other i'm a goofy guy i'm playful uh, i like to joke around but if, if i get too nonchalant jokey you know I don't think I can uh, have enough seriousness behind me to, to pull out the best performance I can. Um, but I do need that because it's me. And then there's part of me uh, that I'd say is a little darker and a little on that side where, you know, I don't really care what the circumstances is. Like, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go out there, leave it all out there, and, uh, and uh, be great. What advice would you give your younger self? If I could give my younger self any advice 
it would be it would so far be to be you and to learn what you is you know that, that was worded very poorly but i think you know i've always felt different i've always felt like you know maybe i don't want to say didn't belong but that i was different and that i had something and for a long time it felt like it was wrong and i think you know societal norms you know you go to school you do this this and this like it i think a lot of people if they deviate from that it feels like you're different from everyone else and that's bad but i've realized now in, in my you know still young but older age that the people that set themselves apart are the people that are successful i for a long time would fight you know those those urges to be completely myself and um, to be me and obviously you can go overboard one way or the other but uh but the more self-aware i've become and and known what's important to me what matters to me what i like what i don't like um what i'm good at what i'm bad at especially what i'm bad at and what i don't want to do those things have made my life so much easier because i have to think about less things i don't have to think do i want or do i like this or because i've realized i don't like that i don't want this i don't want that and it's made my whole life easier because those are now thoughts i don't have to have anymore right and what was the most difficult thing you've ever had to do in terms of your path to becoming a world champ? Man, the most difficult thing I have ever had to do. The most difficult thing I've had to do in, you know, in my life as an athlete is I had to let wrestling die. I, my goal was to be a national champion in wrestling. I didn't really get close. I got close to making it to nationals once. Um, it was one of the funnest years of wrestling I've ever had. And I, and I got real close, but I just couldn't make it happen. Um, and I, I remember at the MAC tournament um, my senior year when I realized I was going to be wrestling my last uh, – it was the night before the, uh, the last day, and it was going to be my last wrestling match ever. And it just hit me that, that it was the end of the road and that I wasn't going to be doing this ever again. We were just finishing up a team meeting, and with a few minutes left, I just broke down. I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it together. I was so attached to, to winning, and to being successful. My like version of successful in wrestling, that it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. But that's not when wrestling died. I, you know, I went out. I, I won that match the next day. I ended my career with a win, and it hurt for a while. It like, I didn't even want to get near a wrestling match for a long time. And then I'd say I realized a lot of my training, sometimes I'd avoid wrestling in MMA, and I didn't understand why because sometimes I'd get guys there and uh, I'd dominate. And I finally came to peace with wrestling and let it die for me for what it was and let it realize that the things that I did and went through as a part of trying to reach my goals I might not have reached my goals but they made me such an incredible person and athlete and have made me be able to live the life I want to live now and that's so incredibly awesome mm -hmm. it's so much better it's so much better than if I would have went won an NCAA title and have not taken these lessons and, and the things that I, I'm realizing now because I'm being able to live the exact life I, life I want to now because I let what I viewed wrestling before die it sounds like a healthier mindset too. Incre uh, much more, much more healthy. And when uh, that last match, you know, after that mm -hmm. that little breakdown that you had, how did you come back from that? 
So I kind of buried it for a little bit. Um, I coached a little bit of college wrestling, um, and I just didn't really think about it. And I'd have some of those kids ask me, like, oh, how did you do? How did it end? And I'd tell them, but I wouldn't really dive into it all that much. But, you know, there'd still be times I'd reflect upon it and it would hurt. Um, I think the way that I come, came back from it is I accepted it. I accepted it for what it was. I thought very deeply about it as a whole, which I think is something we as a human population don't do all that often. We have so many decisions and so many things to think about day to day. We don't really think deeply about things, even those things that are super important to us. And I thought very deeply about it, accepted it for what it was. And once I accepted it, it was like, you know, now I watch wrestling. I can go wrestle. I I love it again. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the big reasons why I wanted to get you in here and sit down with you was because of, you know, the the experience you've had, you know, um, in hand-to-hand combat and some of the lessons that you've picked up from that. Uh, what what are some of those lessons that you've picked up on the mat, in the in the in in an octagon, in a ring, that you carry over into life and that you share with others if you do? You, life, life is exactly what you perceive it to be. If you wake up in the morning, ah, I'm tired, today's going to suck. I, I don't look forward to going to work. I got to mow the grass later. This is going to suck. You're going to have a bad day. If you wake up, you might not feel good. And I still catch myself at times where I'm like, man, I'm tired. I didn't get much sleep. Today is going to suck. But then I catch myself immediately and say, no, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this and I'll have a good day. And, and those times that I feel like I'm going to have a bad day and I decide to overcome it and I decide to view life as an incredible opportunity to live, those are the days that I see the most growth as a person, not just as an athlete. Are those days often? Are those days far and few between? I'd say often. What I do is hard. Mm -hmm. What I do is very hard. I take physical damage. Um, You know, I I take mental damage. There are times that I expect to have a really good day and I don't just for whatever reason. Um, You know, that's a part of being an athlete. But it is hard when your your body's aching and you may be a little discouraged, but you got to remember um, what's the alternative. Would you rather try really hard to feel good and have a good day and all this and that, and maybe it be an okay day, or would you rather accept that things suck and just just feel terrible and you know why live that way? Right. Uh, that's that's how I look at it. Right. That's awesome. You know the theme of of the podcast is you know trying to learn and trying to pick apart different kinds of successful people and positive-minded people. And it seems like I kind of got, you know, a two-for-one here. Not only are you, you know, successful and on your way to success, but from the things that you're saying, some of the greatest people I've sat down with say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just so cool that, you know, that you're both. And what advice can you give the average person or what advice can you give someone who has not had your experiences that they find it hard Monday morning or they find it hard every morning to get out of bed, to go to work, to go to school, you know, and they really struggle. What advice can you give them from everything that you know? I would tell the average person to first and foremost take a step back and truly learn who they are, um, whether that's through reading or writing. Uh, writing has been an incredible outlet for me, and it's I, I've had thoughts and then you know would sit down and write, and I would write basically exactly what those thoughts were, and until I read them, it, it wouldn't open up to me, and I wouldn't really be like, oh, why have I been doing this for so long? And then I would see it on paper and I'd be like, that's that's stupid. You know, I need to change that part of my life. So I, I do a lot of uh, 
what do they call it? introspection, looking into oneself. Um, and, and that's made my life an inc- so much easier and better. And, and I would also tell people not to live life so seriously. We get one shot at this. It's like a game. You know, some people play the game to see if they can be the one with the most money at the end of the day. Some people play it to see if they can be the most successful parent. I think a great way to live is to figure out what why you're playing the game. And once you figure out why you're playing the game, have fun playing it. Gerald, thank you so much for taking the time. It really means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm incredibly happy to be here. And is there anything you want to add? Anything The last thing I'd like to say is I'd like to thank all the people that have been with me so far. Still early, still a lot to do, but just know that anyone that's played a part in my life, uh, I think about and consider every day when things get really hard, and you guys are the reason why I do what I do. So I'm here trying to create a successful life for myself and also entertain you and uh you know, give you guys a little bit to, to live through, through a, a crazy redheaded MMA fighter. So that's right. That's awesome. All right, Gerald. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. As mentioned before, each episode on this podcast is about 30 minutes. At the end of each episode, we will briefly recap and highlight some of the important points being discussed. This way we can remember them and make sure that they really stick with us. What really struck me in my conversation with Gerald Spawn was one thing. There's a lot of confusion going on, whether it's with politics or religion. It almost seems like there's another religion being born every day. People can get so lost in who they are and what they want to do and what they want to be. There are literally people out there who don't know if they want to be a boy, a girl, a man, or a woman, or both, or some kind of weird combination of the two. And that's not even for this podcast. That's not what we're here to do. We're not here to discuss political or religious views. Gerald, however, has his head on so straight. He's got a great head on his shoulders and he knows what he wants and he knows what it takes to accomplish what he wants. And to me, that's so amazing. And that's that's something I really look up to. And if everyone could just get so crystal clear on what they want, what they want to be, what they want to do in life, I think that's the best way to go through about it, especially in a time like today. For Gerald to be so level-headed, it's really, really amazing. And I give him a lot of credit to that. Here are some great takeaways from our conversation. One, stay focused and stay humble. There's nothing like being humble. Someone who's cocky about what he does, even if he's good, nobody likes to hear that. Two, believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, who's gonna believe in you? You gotta believe in yourself and when you have a goal or a dream, you gotta go for it, you gotta chase it. Three, take a step back and learn who you are. Gerald said, be you and learn what you're all about. It's so important. Be you. Everyone else, I'm sure you guys have heard this quote, but be yourself because everyone else is already taken. Four, don't live life so seriously. I mean, come on, there are people out there that they take life so seriously, but it's so short. If we're lucky, we get a good solid 80 years out of life. And most of us aren't that lucky. Life is short, remember it, and have fun with it. There are so many opportunities in life, and they're just waiting to be be had. Enjoy every moment of it while you got it. And lastly, five, when you wake up with that bad vibe in the morning and everyone's had that moment when they wake up and they're just like, oh boy, today's going to be a rough one. Stop yourself, catch yourself right there and do what Gerald does. Tell yourself, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this because life is an opportunity. 
I'm going to get to that gym, I'm going to get into that class, or I'm going to get in the car and drive to work, whatever it is that the day holds for you, grab onto it and push through the negativity and push through whatever is going to hold you back and set you back. Be you and just go for it. The next step is for you to do your part. We've heard some pretty great stuff being discussed on this episode of the Maverick Mondays podcast. However, those were just words and that was just a conversation that you heard. How do you grow from this podcast? How do you grow from this episode in particular? Listen to the episode, listen to it once, twice, maybe even three times. Take notes, pull out a pen and paper, your phone, your iPad, your laptop, whatever you want, however you feel comfortable taking notes. Pay close attention to the life lessons being discussed because there's a lot of them and there's a lot of good ones. It's these life lessons that will help you grow as a person. They will bring you success and they will teach you how to have a positive attitude throughout life, no matter what life throws at you. And ultimately, it's these lessons that will bring you comfort and motivation even on the most unmotivating Monday. Thank you for joining us.